Welcome to the search for real answers in a modern world, where challenging topics are met with honest and thoughtful dialogue. This is Truth Seekers Forum. Welcome back to the show. Joining me in the studio today is Pastor Andy Lewis of Faith Community Church. Good afternoon, Andy. Hey, how are you doing, Devin? Doing great, thank you. And uh, the very esteemed Dr. Adam Nye. Welcome. Thank you. So listen, before we launch off into this, I want to go ahead and uh, just get a little bit of insight from you guys, making sure that you're qualified to do a podcast. Because as you know, it takes a high degree of... Training and expectations and schooling to actually produce a podcast. Not anybody can actually just record their voice and send it out there to the masses. The certification well, in podcast sciences. Or something. Exactly. Well, I'm right. that's just to give us some legitimacy. I'll let Doctor Adam Nye go first. Oh, oh, great. Uh, so, Doctor Nye, yes. What is your doctorate in? Uh, I, I have a PhD in systematic theology. Okay. And so for the layperson, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> um, it, it's a branch of. Um, of Christian theology that seeks to um, synthesize the the findings of uh, biblical study, biblical theology, historical theology, mm-hmm. uh, and philosophical thought. You know, running running what's been handed down to us through the tradition through the the grid of uh, reason and analysis, and, and synthesize the work of all those fields into okay. So, what do we say? as the church today. It's another way of talking about systematic theology is calling it um, Christian doctrine or even dogmatics. Okay. Study of Christian doctrine. Okay. And if my show notes uh, prove accurate, this was actually a degree you actually had to work for. You just didn't send away for it. Right. No, no Cracker Jack boxes were involved okay. in my Well, where'd education. you get it from? It was in Scotland. Univer- yeah. University of Aberdeen in Scotland. Okay. Just the other anytime thing, you throw Scotland out there, you automatically have credibility. I know. Yeah, I, that's I know. right. It's a beautiful thing. Well, and the other thing I was going to add is, as you were telling me, uh, you were in a long line of other punk rockers who were very astute. Who are, the, who are the punk rock stars that you liked who are really smart guys? Yeah, my, my heroes when I was a teenager were Greg Graffin, who's the singer of Bad Religion, who had his PhD in biology, okay. and Milo Ackerman, the singer of Descendants, still my favorite band, who also has uh, a PhD in biology. Outstanding. So, so tell me about your punk rock bands. I've been in a couple of punk rock bands. Okay. <laughs> uh, Craig's punk Brother punk. and Too Bad Eugene and Thrush. Those were my three main bands I've been in. So, yeah. The, the, the two loves rarely crossed over. I didn't do a lot of songs about theology. There are a few. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of my other love is punk rock. That's awesome. Wow, that's intriguing. I did not know this. So I'm looking forward to your individual podcast, Punk Rock Theology. That's going to be amazing. I don't even think I would listen to something called that. (laughs) I'll see if I make one. (laughs) That's good. Well, my my expertise is far, far less. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't play punk rock. I've been in bands over the years, so I bring a sort of a, a rock sensibility, which is part of the fun working with Adam in this, on this podcast. Uh, I don't know where that will lead us, but that's interesting. <laughs> uh, but I have a, a degree in uh, ministry and theology. Uh, so it's a graduate degree. It's a master's. Um, but that probably doesn't make me that interesting. I think probably the thing that makes me the most interesting is so many conversations with so many people well over 25 years of pastoral ministry. 
Uh, you're constantly hearing fascinating stories and fascinating questions about God, about faith, why people would or would not respond to this thing called the gospel. Hmm. Um, so I think, if anything, that's probably the thing that I that I will bring to the equation, the kind of the human gutter <laughs> element. <laughs> Outstanding. So there you go. All right. <laughs> Well, I, I will echo just, uh, we actually went to the same um, graduate school and yeah. have similar degrees. So um, we've got that going for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so listen, what is the genesis of this? What is the heart behind this? What is the purpose of getting together and recording this podcast? I mean, I think for me, it's just, I think, it, you know, even though podcasts we were joking about, you know, pretty much anybody can do it. I think that's great. I think it's always good to democratize um, information. And um, to me, even the democratization of information is uh, a powerful tool in conveying what it is that we're going to talk about that Mm. we believe. Rather than having to have a lot of money (laughs) and access to media, you know, we live in a really fascinating time. So I think that's a lot of what this is going to be. It's the opportunity to have an honest and authentic discussion about Things that we really believe matter to everyday life. I just talked about, you know, the life in the gutter. You know, it's like right. the real sidewalk type stuff. How does faith really relate? And um, I think we're going to try our best to be authentic and real and honest and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm, I asked Adam to tuck his knees under the table so that we can be at least intelligent um, and I think, you know, just, and I think another one of my concerns is we live it's in such a polarized time with elections on the horizon here and people are just scurrying to the polls and it's very difficult to have any kinds of ironic, that's a big word that sounds like I know something, but it just means peaceful discussion. So my hopeful is, is hope is, is that we can actually represent other sides in a fair and even-handed way without demonizing maybe opposing ideas or opinions, mm. and then let people kind of explore it as we talk about it. That that's kind of what my thinking is. What about you, Adam? Yeah, I, I you know I get to get my uh, my itches scratched in terms of getting to talk about theology. My main kind of passion. I love talking about theology, but I mostly get to uh, get those itches scratched teaching. I feel like I should have said this earlier in terms of introducing myself. I, I teach classes for William Jessup University in their San Jose campus. Um, so that's, you know, people going to a Christian college. I teach classes for Western Seminary and Fuller Seminary. That's people in seminary. But I've always wanted to figure out what's the space within the church or just, uh, you know, for regular people to talk about theology, because if it's just for the people who can afford to go to Bible college or seminary, what a bummer. Uh, you know, yeah, that democratization sure. you're talking about, I, any way I can get people interested in, drawn into conversations about God and our lives, which is what theology is about, I'm just, I'm up for anything. Yeah. And I will say that we're not specifically aiming towards those that are part of a church body right now or those that were raised in a Christian household. But certainly I think that the the goal is to cast a net much wider sure. to address not only things that impact Christians, but probably some of those topics or conversations that happen um, among the non uh church or non-Christian uh, folks out there. Yeah, however they'd classify themselves as an unbeliever right, or, right. or whatever. Sure. The, yeah. I guess just speaking for myself, that's exactly right. I want to speak to anybody that wants to listen. I just want to be, uh, 
I always just want to be clear and honest about that. I'm speaking on behalf of or from the perspective of the Christian church right. that we're exploring that set of um, you know ideas or truths imparted uh, that's that's claimed by those who would call themselves Christians. Yeah, so we I don't, don't want to just talk to Christians, right. but I want to be clear that I'm talking as one. And yeah, <laughs> we don't want this podcast to be a bait and switch where we come off with our intro sounding like we're you know out of something else or. You know, we're coming out of like you're saying the, the mm. Christian stream. Right. That's that's where we're at. At the same time, is having such a heart to really hear the world in a tender and compassionate way, the totality of the world. Well, like I think Jesus did. Right. Um, not saying that we're anywhere close to him, but just to try to model that kind of thing in the, in the in our conversations. And gentlemen, I want to just launch into this um, today's topic. What's the deal with truth? Right. We live in a society, especially where we are geographically speaking, on the central coast of California, where truth is a very relative thing. What may be true for you may not be true for me mm. is a very popular mantra around these parts. So let me just throw this out there. Uh, is there such a thing as absolute truth? Yes, absolutely. There, there is. Um, I, I think what I'll, I'll start by just simply saying this is from the pastoral perspective, and then I'll, I'll let Adam comment on it from, you know, more of the, 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 the theological component of it. But for me, when I talk to people, I think it's really important. I, I try to, like, ask people to sort of follow the, the course of a philosophy that says, you know, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, to try to find that, you know, if you kind of follow that, that line of reasoning, well, where does it ultimately take you? And I think philosophically, you know, if truth is is relative, you know, or it's not, there's not something that's actually concretely true. It's kind of its own crazy anarchy that you really do end up with philosophically if you follow it to its final degree. Um, so I think that that would be, you know, my approach to talking about it. Um, that first of all, let's start by being honest about, does that even work? When, when you really, you know, follow that philosophy right, to its right. final degree. Having said that, I'll hand it over to you to talk about yeah. what you know, some thoughts that you have about just the concreteness of truth. Sure. Yeah. As a, as a Christian, I, I say as a matter of faith that there is such a thing as truth. And, and more concretely, that the truth is God himself. Um, God, God is the truth and the source of all true things and gives... Um, gives life and gives truth to all things that that are uh, that are real and that are true. Um, when we ask the truth, when we ask the question about is there absolute truth like about God? Is that something someone can say for more than just saying, "Well, my view of God is this," or "I'd like to right. think this or that"? Right. We say, "No, there actually such there is such a one as God, and there are things that are true about Him, and there are things that are not." Well, so how can you say that? Um, as a Christian, I start from the perspective of, of the gospel, that God has, within our world, announced himself and given himself in, um, in his covenant with Israel and most fully in, in the person of Christ, his life for us, his death and resurrection for us, that that is God giving of himself and therefore giving the truth to us. But as a uh, sinner Christ came to save— I, I know that truth not as a possession. God gives himself to me, but not in such a way that I now have him. He is mine. And if you want some, you can get some of him from me. Uh, it's 
it's more that God has has given himself into the world and called all of us to know him, knowing that our response to his giving and our our ability uh, I don't want to say our ability our um our efforts to re- to respond to his giving by knowing him rightly are always fallible. So when I say that like I I believe there's absolute truth, I say that as a as a matter of faith, I don't say that as God. I point to I, you know, I say God himself is the truth and he makes himself known and has made himself known. I believe that. That's my faith perspective. But I my ability to say what that truth is in my own words is always going to be uh, inadequate. It's always going to be tainted by a measure of my own um, limited perspectives, my biases, uh, biases. Well, I think you know, what you're commenting on is this is what I run into a lot in dealing just with re- everyday people mm-hmm. is they think that when you're saying, um, yeah, I believe there's absolute truth. They're saying at one and the same time, there is absolute truth and I've got the full handle right. on it. And it's mine. And it's mine. <laughs> yeah. It's right. And, right. and to go, wait, 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 wait a minute. That's not what we're saying. Right. There is the, there are people who do that. Exactly. And that's part of the polarization of the conversation right, right. now. Well, there are people, and, and believe me, let me apologize in advance for <laughs> Christians who, who act that way. Or like, me. I, I act that I way know, sometimes. Right. We, we all can do right. that. I, where I know the that. truth. And not only that, I 100% have total um, handle on right. that truth. It's now a stick in my hand. I will use it. Exactly. I will club you yes. with it. Right. And that's, that's on all, po- all the polarities. But what you're saying is that philosophically, wait, 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 hold on. Let's, let's clarify the conversation. It's not that those two have to go hand in hand right. or we throw out the conversation. There is a concrete truth out there, but at the same time, we have to also humbly say, we're not saying we, 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 we understand or access that very fallibly. Right. Yeah. We, we are seeking to, I mean, we're, we're doing something very audacious in trying to speak truthfully about the inexhaustible truth of God. Yeah. We do it because God has not um, withheld his inexhaustible truth in his own infinity, you know, withholding it from us. God loves us. So he makes himself known to us. He gives of himself. Um, but yeah, because he's, because he's God, his giving of himself never passes over into now my possession. I can, I can hold in my limited capacities. Sorry about that. Um, it's, and so when I'm talking to someone else, it's not that I have the truth, you don't. It's, it's the Christian is just called to testify to the God who announces himself and, and point away from ourselves. He must increase. I must decrease. Yes, there's truth. I'm not it. I, I don't possess it fully, right. but I can say I know something of that truth because God has made himself known to me. And if someone else is saying, well, prove it to me, I say, well, I, I can't prove that to you in and of myself, but I, I can live with you and, and pray that the truth, God will make himself known to you. And I hope through me, mm-hmm. that's terrifying because now, <laughs> now I'm on display, but that's what right. the Christian right. is called to. The yeah. Christian is called to live out. Um, the the truth that we know before others in the confidence that it's not mine to dispense, but God will uh, testify to Himself. And I think that's a component of why we're doing this podcast is yeah. to create a space that it it's not there's not that many out there right now because most of the spaces out there right now are uh, either truth is relative and we mm. believe that concretely mm-hmm. and. Um, or there's this polarization of truth and the idea that the truth that we have, we hold 100%. We and truth are synonymous. Right, right, right. And and we're trying to kind of humbly help create at least a, a conversation where 
wait a minute. No, we there is there we it is possible to hold to a concrete truth or concrete truths that we believe is found in the beautiful perfection of the person of God, but to be a people who don't know everything there is to know about it. Mm. Even though we have the Bible, that's the other thing we have. It's not like we have nothing. Right. I mean, because I I really, uh, just thinking, I haven't really even mentioned the Bible. So of course, you know, access to truth is, uh, God is not even just, um, you know, done this one cool thing in history and split. He's left testimony uh, about himself. He's left us his word. And um, so, yeah, I'm willing to point to the Bible and say, is there such a thing as absolute truth? Yes, God gives his, his, his truth to us here. But again, even when someone has the pages of Scripture, even when someone's reading the Bible to me, the, the truth is not something within their possession. We, uh, you know, we are approaching the truth of God through the, uh, through the pages of Scripture, and I'm willing to claim as a Christian that the Bible is infallible. But my reading of it isn't. <laughs> right. Uh, so even if yeah. I have an infallible Bible, it doesn't mean I have an infallible handle on the absolute truth yeah. of God. Right. So let me right. push back a little bit because a couple okay. of times you mentioned that, uh, that this is based on on your faith. Mm-hmm. So for those that view faith as this wishful, hopeful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Blind allegiance to something. Right. Can a person understand truth without having faith in Jesus Christ? That's a great question. That is a great question. Andy, take it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, first of all, what I would say is let's clarify what we're talking about, about faith, and then try to get at sure. the question. Because I think I think you're right. I think most people, when they hear faith, it's kind of a, oh, how good for you, kind of in a patronizing sort of way. So mm. it's more like the blinder, the better. So right. Me looking at your faith, it doesn't look like I would put any weight on it. But hey, good for you, right? You know, because the blinder the better, and that's kind of the conception of faith. But the fact is, that's not that's not faith. That's ridiculous. <laughs> faith is trust, and one of the analogies I've used for years is the idea of like you know a chair. You know, there 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 is an act of trust. It's built upon looking at a chair and recognizing it's engineered well enough for you to put your weight on it. It comes to a place of recognizing I'm, I'm tired, I want to sit down. And then that, that act of trust, that commitment to put your weight on it and see if it holds you up without breaking your back. That's really what the Bible is talking about when it comes to trust. It's not, it, and trust is, is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I married my wife 23 years ago and I trusted what I knew of her at that time. But no, in no way did it contain all of what I've learned 23 years later of how much more I can trust about her. Mm. And I think in the same way, that, that's what we're talking about here uh, with faith. Now, having said that, I'm going to fully admit I forget what the full question was. Well, I think it's it, you've done a great job of, of addressing it. It has to do with, okay, if you're saying that truth, absolute truth, rests on your faith, your faith in the Bible, your yeah. faith in Jesus Christ and God, can I— no truth yeah. without knowing your Savior. Without faith. Is it possible for me to know truth? Le- I'll take that. Number yeah. one, really liking what you said, especially on the, uh, I, I liked both the anecdotes. With faith especially, I think it speaks well, uh, sorry, to the chair. Yeah. Especially, I think mm-hmm. that speaks well to the fact that faith doesn't invent the chair. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the the right. faith response to the chairness of the chair and puts your derriere in the chair. Yeah. There you go. And I know it. Um, <laughs> but, Let's turn it into a punk song. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, but I think to answer that question fully, I'd also need to kind of go at what, 
uh, maybe how I would respond to the relationship of faith and truth. Mm -hmm. Can a person who doesn't have faith in Jesus Christ know truth? Well, tr the word truth can be used in a couple different ways. Can a person who doesn't have faith in Christ know true things? Can they recognize a truth from a falsehood? In, in tons of cases, yes. But if I'm going to stick to the way I put it at the beginning, that we're, when we're talking about truth, we're talking like big T and like the truth of God. It, and if, if I'm going to be true to what I said before, that the truth of God is not something that just really intelligent people come up with, but something that God puts on display and he puts it on display in Christ, then I would say, I, I, I'd be willing to say, no, we like it. None of us really can know the truth of God. None of us can know God and the way he's, he's called us to know him without putting our faith in Christ. I know that's super unpopular. Yeah. And it's, it's not, even though I'm saying it, I'm like, man, this makes me kind of tremble to say. Mm. But I, I think that's what Christ says. I think it's what the scripture clearly says. There's no other name given under heaven. Um, well, you know, Jesus that's the Christ. thing where we're coming from. Jesus yeah. is the one who said, I am the way, right. the truth, and the life. And, uh, and that is, it's something they have to be contended with. So if that is the case, let's, let's assume that that is a truism. Hmm. Um, then help me to better understand why there are so many different denominations. Help me to better understand why even with those that use the, the title or label as Christian don't have agreements on many of what we'll call major issues then. If there isn't truth, why is there so much distinction or dissension, depending on how you look at it. Two, two, two quick things from me, and you hear what Adam would have to say. Number one is uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that answers that question is God is remarkably redemptive. He can still work with lunk-headed human beings as much as they continue to schism off and hive themselves off in all these subdivisions of faith. Mm. Um, and that's remarkable <laughs> to me, that God can still keep working with human beings who keep hiving themselves off from one another mm -hmm. and still be... Um, changing the world in positive ways despite that. The second thing that I would add to that is um, is, the, is the fact that, um, you know, you'll have to edit this part. What was the question again? <laughs> if, I get going on yeah. one thing. So the, the question is, um, if you say that truth exists, right, and there is absolute truth in that, why are there so many distinctions, variants, disagreements within oh, yeah. the church as a whole? Yeah, it, so point number two would be going right back to something that Adam was talking about. I think a big part of it is, is that, and this isn't just within Christendom, this is what we're seeing even in um, other faiths, major world religions right now. It's, it's this, this misunderstanding that there can be this concrete truth and then believing, and so we have 100% non, no fallacies in our understanding of that truth. Mm -hmm. And then you have truth battles. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. And, and maybe just want to put a finer point on the truth that the Christian is seeking to respond to and put our faith in is the truth of God confronting humanity as sinners, that that God God confronts sinful humanity with His redemptive love and grace. So the truth of God is the truth that we are sinners loved by the God that we that we sin against. Uh, God loves us. We say no, thank you to that love, and and then God confronts us even more so with, well, 
I'm going to say no thank you to your no thank you and love you anyway. Hmm. And then, so the reality of us in that situation continue, I mean, we are, um, you know, those who are in Christ are redeemed in Christ, but we are still those fallible and sinful people being loved by Christ. So then ultimately it's really not all that surprising to find this group of lunkheaded, is that the way you put it? Well, that's like what that? I just said. That's yeah. really good. To find this group of lunkheaded people that we all are getting right, together right. and trying to respond to this truth yeah. uh, together that we're not going to um, always cooperate that well, that we'll be doing right. it with our biases, with our, you know, even as we try to be humble and say, you know, I, I don't know the truth uh, infallibly. The, the reality is if you look at my life, I act like I know it infallibly all the time. And that causes friction. Right. Um, so I guess that's to me one of the things that's really um, wonderfully explanatory about the gospel is that it does factor that in, that it doesn't leave our arrogance, our sinfulness out of the equation when it talks about God um, communicating his truth to humanity and then through humanity. He, I mean, he he counts on that within the gospel. I mean, you can tell that from Christ's relationship with his disciples and yeah. apostles that these were not perfectly intelligent or humble people. Right. But he's like, I can I can deal with that. Right. I'm gonna I can work with that. Yeah, I'm gonna get my kingdom going <laughs> on this planet even through these yeah. people, and that is good news for all of us. It means oh, even yeah. when I'm such a jerk, he can uh, he can work through it. It do- that doesn't mean the division isn't a bummer. It doesn't mean it's not lamentable. It's something we should grieve over. I mean, yeah. there's. The, the Bible um, is constantly, you know, telling us as a church to be one, to be of a, a unified yeah. mind. And we are failing at that. But our failure isn't God's failure. And God, you know, yeah, works in this you know, That's a really important point. Yeah. redemptive way, mm-hmm. even as we are blowing it, to uh, continue to uh, reconcile us, reconcile sinners to himself and expand his kingdom. It's a beautiful thing. And to reject God is like the classic saying, throwing the baby out with the bathwater because the bathwater is so dirty with so much division between quote unquote God's people. Mm. Don't throw don't throw out the God who is beautiful right. in, in the face of that. It actually kind of makes the bathwater miraculously beautiful sometimes. Like, yeah. how, how do you pull that off? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> frankly, anytime. Right. Really. Right. So... <laughs> Absolutely. And so when it comes to someone that says, "Mm, okay, I'm I'm not buying in yet, right? I'm not pushing all my chips to the middle of the table. Sure. What is the next, we'll use the air quotes here, obvious step to take? If we're we're seeking if what you two are presenting as truth, Mm -hmm. what is the next obvious step for me to say, tell me a little bit more? I mean, for me, it's always you know if, if you're being if you're being honest with what you're what you're trying to find is you 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 have a choice you either pull back or you lean in mm. you know and so for me if you're going to be both intellectually emotionally m- mentally spiritually physically honest with what you're what you're most seeking as a human being you're going to either lean in or lean back and get out of there mm. uh, and I would say lean in. Yeah. Even if you don't just don't don't agree with anything we're saying, sure. Lean in. Yeah, I, I I'm not one who's who's uh, really good at laying out kind of steps to anything. If someone's where you described, you'd be like, "That's cool. Let's let's hang out and talk some more again sometime." Yeah. Uh, you know, I what's uh, that to what's me is kind of what I mean you know? by lean in. Yeah, it's like I you know I think Jesus, Jesus invites people to 
come and come and see you know mm-hmm. talk with me explore me find me and i and i find that a lot of a lot of individuals that i talk to and i you know i'm not claiming that i have you know you know harris research poll information in front of me it's just anecdotal conversations but you know i think a lot of people make their decisions about faith and about what they will trust or a lot of times what they will push off from and say, I don't trust that, based on second and third-hand information. They've mm. never read first, first-hand information about, well, what did Jesus himself actually say in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Or, right. or what, 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 what is Christianity really all about? It's about something that a professor said in, in college and a professor s- quoted it. Or, yeah, I hate those know, professors. Or, <laughs> Yeah, well, you're one of them, but you know, <laughs> but you know, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. Like, you know, if you if you it or if you if you walk away, at least be honest. You're like, I'm doing this based on second, third, and fourth hand information, but I just don't want to do the work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, if somebody's kind of you know, on the fence, I usually just want to ask, all right, so like, what are the remaining reservations? Like, you know, not going to try to bully you out of them, but it just helps to clarify what are the things that are kind of keeping you from being able to lean further in and yeah. and I just have to hear what those things are because yeah. you know sometimes you just gotta realize we're not all that clear on our own questions and I think this gets back to maybe as we're wrapping up I don't know but I mean it gets back to the gentlemanliness of God I don't know if that's a word but like you know it is interesting to me that we're talking about a God of, of absolute concrete truth that we don't know fully 100% um and yet, if you know, in my conception, if I were that kind of God, I'd be like, "Look, you're all going to heaven, and you're all going to like it because this is the deal." <laughs> right. And yet, what you read in the Bible, if you read it with any kind of sense of there's a real story going on here, you get this sense, like you said, it's like you you said it earlier, and I like what you said. You said, Adam, um, your no thank you is going to be met by my no thank you to your no thank you. Like <laughs> I'm just going to keep chasing you because I love you. I will not give up. Mm. And so let's look at, as we do kind of come to a close for, for this episode, what's the flip side of that coin? If someone is a Christian, if someone is involved in a church community, hmm. how do they go about talking to their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers about this thing called truth? How can that be addressed in a gentlemanly way? Right or gentlewomanly way, I don't know what. Yeah, is right, right. Correct. What's but, the PC way? I don't right. know. That's but actually, that's a huge question. I think I mean because I get asked that sometimes from people first person, like how sure. do I? And I usually like, well, there's an awkwardness clearly for you that that's keeping you from wanting to talk to your neighbors about it because it it's, it probably hasn't really become your own sort of native language. Hmm. You 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 sense this obligation to go tell people about stuff that you're not really all that yeah. sold on yourself. Or clear about. <laughs> right. I'll, yeah, I which mean, is which, another part of this conversation. Right. Not being fully clear on it is fine. But to me, if 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 when the gospel has gotten hold of your imagination, has gotten hold of just your the things you're thinking about when you're by yourself, yeah. then talking about it becomes a whole lot more natural. Yeah. So if a person's at that, you know, how do I go forward and talking to people about it? Like, well, I'd I'd start by just kind of letting it talk to you a bit. If you're finding a barrier there, you need to let the gospel talk to you a bit more deeply. Um, you know, which means talking to you know. Uh, maybe more mature people in your church uh, community certainly always means spending time in the Word. Maybe reading some um, other kinds of deepening books that are just going to help 
help the gospel have its way in your thinking and your soul and your intuition. I would say too, even being, this is the pastoral's angle of it. Probably there's some log jams in your heart about mm-hmm. questions you have that, that make it difficult for the imagination to be spurred on by the, this remarkable story of God's love for everybody. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of people just never admit that this is my sticking point, you know, mm-hmm. my sticking point of, I pray that God would save my mom from cancer and he never did. And then, you know, they just sort of stuff it in a little corner of their heart and they never deal with it. So, you know, open up about that and and explore, you know, how mad you are at God Mm. that he didn't sign your contract or, Mm. you know, whatever. So I I think, you know, I think that's a part of it, too. What's the other part of that? And we'll, we'll close on this. But what's the other part of that, though? Because I'm sitting across the table from a doctor and... A, a pastor. You guys have been to the classes. You've you've got your pieces of paper right. on the wall that says you're official. But what about the person that doesn't have those things on an intellectual basis? Obviously, I think some people probably go into conversations or avoid conversations with folks in the workforce or in the grocery line or wherever else because that they don't feel that they have the training that both of you do. So for someone that doesn't have that piece of paper, that doesn't have the title, mm. What would you say to that person that is maybe more just out of nervousness that they cannot, com- quote unquote, compete intellectually with someone else that seems to have a tit for tat answer for why God or truth as that Christian knows it does not exist? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say just biographically the the talking about the stuff came before the the pieces of paper for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I the reason I uh, kept going to school and pursuing uh, more education theologically is because I loved it. Hmm. Um, I so yeah, me having these conversations and, and, and honestly just getting annoying with people because I wanted to talk about this stuff all the time uh, was what came first. And I was like, you know, I I just can't get enough of this. I want to you know go to school for it. Um, but where that came from, um, yeah, I think it just ha- it, it came from enough conversations with people who talked about the gospel like they really meant it, hmm. and that was that's just a really even growing up in a church, that can be something of a rare thing hmm. where they haven't put on this kind of like, I don't know, Christian hat. Like there's this normal, if they're talking about football, they're a regular Joe. Hmm. But when we go into God talk, they become weird. I was just around enough people that talked about God <laughs> yes. like they really cared about it. Like yeah, it yeah. was within the within the same sphere of things they like to talk about as football or punk rock or whatever. Hmm. And I that was contagious for me. And hmm. especially the, you know, reading Right. Some stuff that was like, whoa, they're talking about God like like they're serious about it. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, and the other thing is we can even take out the information component out of it. I mean, we live in the information age. You could Google questions about why does God let suffering, and you can get all the streams there and read it all yeah. afternoon long. Right. <laughs> I almost get the same kind of stuff that was available to me when I was going through seminary with a click of a switch or oh, a button, right? right? right. But I think the, Adam's talking about really the deeper part of the journey. It's uh, it's it is that, you know, and it was true for me too. It predated going to get a graduate degree. It was just this passion, passionate like I God had changed my life. Mm. This God who loved me out of grace, and I didn't even know what grace meant, uh, you know. But to really understand this unmerited mercy and grace and it was something I didn't know anything about because the whole world works off of performance mm. and, you know, performance-based love and to understand that, wait, 
God's not going to treat me like that? That 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 was sort of the seedbed. That was the point of the pursuit. And I would say, you know, that would be true for anybody that we're talking to in this podcast. Is like, if you can if you can get down to that 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 rudimentary base of understanding. Wait a minute. I'm dealing with a God who doesn't deal in the way the world deals. This is an alien concept. Mm-hmm. Grace. Uh, it'll it'll just you know fire on all cylinders for you, and the pursuit won't be hard. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Faith Community Church. Join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. for our weekly service located at 115 South Morrissey Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. For more information about upcoming events and activities, be sure to visit us online at santacruzfaith.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Faith.